If you have a financial question for Pega Bruce, you can call this number 24-7-1-888-6 Advice. You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. And during the show, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Now here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Denny and Bruce. Hi, Peg. Hi, uh, Denny Long. Good to be with you again, sir. Uh, hey, Peg, um, the, our discussion today, and, and it's, it's definitely relevant from a timing standpoint. I think everybody listening to us uh, today probably knows that the markets have not gone well so far this year. Uh, everybody listening probably knows we've been struggling uh, with inflation. You just got to pull into a gas station and look at the price of gas at the pump. And when we go through times like this, whether it's you know, inflation or a down market or both, um, people get concerned, people get nervous. I've actually been um, pleasantly surprised that I've had very little or almost no uh, nervous phone calls from clients, but that doesn't mean that people aren't thinking about it or that they aren't a little nervous when they open their statement uh, on their retirement plan or whatever their investments are. And I think times like this, I particularly get questions, not just from clients, but even friends or neighbors or social gatherings. Someone will say something to the effect of the way we phrased it today for the show is where to invest your next dollar. But, but you can paraphrase that to say, if you had some extra money today or if you had an extra buck and you, and you didn't need it in cash, where would you put it right now? This is a question I get a lot, even even under good market circumstances. But I think it, uh, it it increases when people are nervous. So that's our topic today. If you had a dollar right now, or if you had some extra money, where would you put it? Where would you put that extra dollar? And, and are you getting that question, or do you think it happens more often in turbulent times? I do, but re- actually from um, all sorts of angles. Uh, Bruce, you mentioned inflation and you mentioned going to the um, the gas tank people, <laughs> the gas stations. But, you know, this um, the CPI, this consumer price index, uh, it, it, I mean, the reason the market was just so bad late last week was because the numbers were even higher that came out for May. And so... Gas is one thing, but also groceries. And I, I'm recognizing that. Um, and I actually get a, a meal service delivery, like it's uh, metabolic meals where they prepare them. It's fresh. Well, the, the food's gone up. And guess what? The delivery price has gone up as well. And so I've got clients who um, they actually rent because they sold their house. They got housing rentals. You've got airfares. This affects me because I like to fly back and forth and truck rentals and hotels. And, you know, I can go on and on and on. Everything is costing more and they're wondering what they're going to do with it. So but the reason I brought all that up is because when I'm asked where to put the next dollar, you know, it could be the stock market. It could be, oh, should I buy, you know, um, housing is coming down and, and they're asking us all sorts of questions of where should they invest? So today we, we're kind of breaking it down um, into your most important asset, your long-term investments, and then your personal and household balance sheet. 
And the last one is a really good place to start because, you know, when clients ask me or potential clients ask me if they should go invest in this something, we have to know what your uh, personal balance sheet looks like, uh, whether it is going to be a long-term investment or are you trying to do a short-term play or something like that. So basic, basic, Bruce, is, you know, what are your what are your assets and what are your liabilities? You know, are you working? Do you have enough extra cash flow that you could take advantage of investing in something? One of the things that we use at Wealth Enhancement Group, you've heard us talk about it often, is the reality check. And what that does is it just says, hey, we need to look at your pay stubs, your tax returns, your credit cards, your bank statements, your retirement accounts, your insurance policies, your outstanding debt. That's how you actually figure out, you know, what your balance sheet looks like. Then the reality check actually says, well, if you're retiring or you're soon to be retired, what's your paycheck going to look like after you add in Social Security and maybe your Medicare costs and whether you have a pension or do you have enough assets to be able to create a paycheck for the rest of your life? Then we get to what your next dollars and where should you put them and we do that in a way of doing a comprehensive financial plan a cash flow analysis so the next dollar could be you need an emergency fund I mean look at the times we're in right now if you don't have one uh, you better make sure you at least have a line of credit or something to use if if, um, if you need and then uh, mortgages just went up overnight. I mean, it's a dramatic change from what it was to what it is today. So you're probably not going to be able to go out and refinance your mortgage in the next term here because interest rates will be higher. Can you consolidate and pay off some debt? Absolutely. This might be the time, you know, to take your next dollar to do that. And then lastly, Bruce, on your balance sheet, People don't take the time to look at what are they paying for their home insurance? You know, what are they paying for fees everywhere? And and it's just a, a good thing to look at where are your dollars going, especially when things are starting to cost more. I think everybody should sit down and say, where are my dollars going? And um, just a, it's a good time, Bruce. Peg, you said so many good things there that I'm afraid I'm going to forget something that I wanted to comment on, but I like where you took the discussion. You know, again, people are not, um, it's not a bad question. I understand it. If someone says, where should I put my next dollar or where would you invest right now, however you want to form that question, I get why people ask that, but I think it's the society that that we've uh, that that has become like a norm, and there's so many there's so much media where there's TV shows or radio shows or or or, or print media that tells you here's what you should invest in now, and 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 they don't know who the reader is, they don't know who's, who's listening to them or who's who's viewing their show, and so this idea of broad based. Here's an investment that's appropriate for who's ever listening to me right now has always driven me crazy because 
what are the individual circumstances of that person? So I'm glad you brought that up right away. What you do with your next dollar is going to vary by individual. Do you have debt? Do you do you not have enough in a rainy day fund? Do you is it a good time for you to put money in the stock market? I mean, every, everyone's circumstances are going to be different, and this generic, broad-based advice that oftentimes people want to take it, it just drives me crazy i can't advise anybody if i don't know anything about them i just can't you gotta you gotta know what makes them tick and not not only their economic situation now but their priorities their goals and objectives and so forth so i'm glad uh i'm glad you started off by 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 going there um and then you know this back to this uh you know this next dollar that we're that we're talking about. I also like that you went into comprehensive planning because I think one of the best value adds that we can bring to the table for someone that says I don't have any uh, discretionary income to invest. I wished I had a next dollar, but I don't have one. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. The the off, the frequency at which we can find investable dollars or lifestyle dollars or both because of inefficiencies in someone's financial world. You brought up insurance. If you do a review, it's amazing how often we find that people are paying more than they have to for, for insurances. Um, and if we can recapture those dollars by lowering their insurance cost, those can now become investable dollars and or dollars for lifestyle to have more fun or, and or dollars to pay down some onerous debt. Same is true with taxes. Oftentimes we can reduce somebody's taxes. So, again, this all starts with comprehensive planning, and I, and I know I'm forgetting something, but, but the one I remember, you started to say we use frequently or words to that effect. And in my brain, in that split second, I thought you were going to say the your money matrix. You, you, went to, uh, um, you went to the reality check, and, and both of them correct answers but my brain went to your money matrix and i don't want to throw you a curveball but you do that so gosh darn well and i can't remember i don't think we've done it for a while talk a little bit about the your money matrix because again that's really we look at that and that's going to tell us a lot about where someone's next dollar should go well, and actually, Bruce, you're kind of leading us into the next uh, point here is, you know, focusing on your long money. So now that we're done with our balance sheet is in really good shape. And now we actually need to kind of organize our assets and where do they fall on the year money matrix, your your liquid assets. your, And so the way we've designed this year money matrix is, um, by dividing, or I, we call it kind of file cabinets, is what money that you've saved so far is taxable, that you get a 1099 on each year. The second cabinet or file drawers is tax deferred. So that would be like your 401k at work or your 403b or where you're still going to owe a pretty sizable IOU to the IRS one day. Then the third file cabinet is tax advantaged. And we often talk on this show about Roth IRAs or tax advantaged municipal bonds or tax advantaged life insurance, cash value, those kinds of things. <clears throat> and then what Wealth Enhancement Group has created on the left side is categories of when would you actually utilize this money to purchase something big or start to create a paycheck for the rest of your life? 
So we have short, medium, and long, what we call buckets. And short might be, you might use your short-term money in the next zero zero to three years or zero to five years. Medium or more so like five to 10 or 12 years. And then long is 10 or more years. Like you're not going to utilize actually the principal for a very long time. And so when we talk about um, focusing on your long money, we as advisors really need to know where all the um, assets that you have and where they fall into that matrix before we can start suggesting where do we go? So here's what we normally tell people. If you're gainfully employed, you want to take advantage of that match that you get on your 401k or 403b. I mean, that is literally free money. So you're going to want to do that. Your contributions are pre-tax, doesn't show up on your tax return. You know, it'll lower your taxes currently. Um, the only negative is you have to be 59 and a half to start taking that money back out or you might get a 10% penalty, but it's long money. Now, this is probably longer than 10 years for some of the people listening, because if you put in your work plan, you're saying, hasta la vista, I'm not going to see that for a long time. You kind of ignore it. Well, then you have to invest that money, whether you do stocks, bonds, or cash, that's going to be your short, medium, or long bucket, depending on how much risk um, you have. And then we often tell people to uh, revisit that allocation every year um, or talk to your financial advisor. And then, Bruce, it's interesting in that they, nobody makes us take it out and pay our taxes until we're 72 years old these days. So you got a long time to compound that money. But I also want to bring up, and you talk about this, Bruce, often, is, yeah, go get your 401k, get that free match, but... If you qualify for Roth IRAs, which are super popular and I love them, maybe you just go up to the match and you go open up your personal Roth outside of your 401k. And many people say to me today, oh, Peg, I've got a Roth option in my work plan. Yes, you probably do. But how to, um, to, to take those dollars out or access those dollars? are completely different if the Roth is in your 401k versus your personal Roth. So we suggest that people uh, purchase a personal Roth uh, and, and there's some income limits to that. So if you're married filing jointly, um, if you're above 214000 you can't do a Roth. Now, a lot of people listening say, oh, well, I'm under that, so I'm okay. Well, the reason, again, that we want you to go open your Roth is because you actually can pull those dollars out, especially the principal, um, even if you're 30 years old. So there's a, uh, some benefits there. Then we say, and this is Bruce Helmer, he always has talked this way, and then says, then go back to your 401k and you know continue to invest in there after you've completed your personal Roth. So I loved, um, Bruce, how you have said this for decades of time, and it's actually worked for clients because they now have their own personal IRA, uh, Roth IRA, outside their work plan. Bruce? Yeah, again, so this is all awesome stuff, Peg. I, 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 I could sit and listen to you just explain this, even though 
I know it. It's it's reaffirming and it's validating and it's and it's and it's interesting for me. I'm trying to put myself in in the place of the listener, and we've got a couple minutes before we go to break. So again, I keep coming back, repeating our topic today: where to invest your next dollar. And I can imagine listeners out there going, "You still haven't answered the the question." And and I think we actually sort of have. But we're, the point we're making is that it's complicated and it's, it's individualized, and there, we've talked about factors to consider. But what, what else should, uh, in the couple of minutes we have left, in trying to determine where's a good place to invest right now, what other things should uh, listeners be considering? Well, this is my favorite, favorite. The most important asset is your ability to generate income for your own personal self. And I love that our team that put this outline together said, think of it, you know, what is a stock or bond going to generate the annual income off of that stock or bond? Or what do you earn off of your um, paycheck? Well, let's just take an example of the S&P 500 in March of 2022. The actual dividend on the S&P 500 is 1.37%. Well, let's say you earn $80,000 a year at your job. The equivalent investment you'd need to have in the S&P 500 to generate that same annual income, drum roll, please, $5.8 million. I mean, think about it. So investing in your education, improving your health and well-being, you know, um, uh, just even part-time jobs, Bruce, we see with our clients how much that helps them, you know, not dip into their assets in a very um, ultimate fun time of their life is in retirement. So even part-time work, if you do a calculation, you can't earn that, you know, on, on your money. Um, and so that's, that's the last great point that I want to make. Well, and, and it is a great point, and 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 I again, I, I love that you that you went down that road. And when you invest in yourself, and you mentioned, you know, it, it's not just education to make you more employable or maybe to help you earn more money, but as you and I understand that maybe not all of our listeners do. Um, this getting older thing is not for sissies. <laughs> Stuff starts to go wrong. And investing in your health, I know you and I both spend money for personal trainers and and uh, right. you know uh, going to the going to the dentist every six months, going to get physicals, going to get your colonoscopy. Investing in your health so that you're here. Uh, we've always said it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're sick and frail and can't move and can't get off your chair or get out of bed in the morning, um, what what kind of lifestyle do you have? So when we talk about investing in yourself, it's not only the ability to earn money, it's the ability to be healthy and happy and enjoy life. And that gets, that gets harder as you get older. Yeah, and I think it's hard to tell young people because I also feel like young people feel like they don't have a lot of assets, but they still should invest in themselves, meaning they're investing in their TV ability and internet for 300 bucks a month, you know, and I'm I'm always encouraging people that and you don't have to be young. I mean, 40, 50 is young to me, and I and I feel like people don't want to invest in maybe hiring a comp- comprehensive planner where that should almost be first. That's investing in yourself and getting good advice so that you can enjoy the next 40, 50 years. 
Yeah, and and I do want to say before we go to break, and because again, I, I don't want listeners to feel shortchanged. I think, and again, there's a lot of variables here, but if someone has got cash right now, and all those other things we talked about, debt, investing in yourself, whatever, isn't applicable, and someone says, no, I want to make an investment, I do like the stock market right now. And again, we don't believe in timing the market, and it can go lower, but I know it's, depending upon the index you're looking at, it's between 15 and 20% below the high so I like the chances of long-term that getting a good return on money that goes into stocks right now. I don't know that they won't go lower, but I know they're a lot lower than where they were, so they're on sale from, from where they were. Um, let's do this, Peg. Let's, uh, let's think if there's anything else you want to share with listeners on this topic, any key takeaways when we come back from break. And then, uh, Denny, we'll try to get listeners involved, and maybe their questions can drive most of the second half of the show. Absolutely, and we're uh, getting uh, some questions uh, brought in uh, right now, as a matter of fact. A couple of ways to do that. You can call any time of the week, one eight 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 six advice 247 if you think of a question midweek, or you can email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But during the show, call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. You can do that right now, 651-461-9226. We'll be back on the other side with more of your money. If you have a financial question for Pega Bruce, you can call this number 24-7-1-8886 advice. You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. During the show, however, you can call or text our studio line. You can do that right now at 651 461 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb, along with the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Thank you, Denny Long, and thanks for uh, being with us, everyone. Uh, if you've been with us, thanks for sticking in there. If you just joined us late, Peg and I have been talking about where to invest your next dollar. If you had some extra money right now, where's a good place to put it? And as much as people, Peg, always want a specific answer to that question, and I, I did zone in on stocks at the at kind of at the uh, end of the first half. Uh, I, I talked about stocks being down right now compared to the high. We also talked about how that's not an easy question as much as people want an easy, straightforward answer. It's going to be different for everybody, and their individual circumstances are going to impact that. What are goals and objectives? What is your current financial situation? Do you need more emergency savings? Do you have some onerous debt that should be paid off? Uh, we talked about investing in yourself, uh, that you, your ability to earn money is actually your biggest asset. Um, so we talked about a lot of variables, but what, what else, uh, so we're not just uh, redoing the whole first half, what else do, uh, can you give to listeners maybe a, a, key, a key takeaway or two um, that, 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 they, that, that will stay with them on this topic today about where, where to invest money uh, going forward? Yeah, I think, Bruce, if, if you have your balance sheet in order, and meaning that you've uh, you actually know how many assets and liabilities you have, and you feel like you're confident that if something happened, you know that you didn't prepare for, that you would have some kind of an emergency fund. 
then you've got to, you for sure got to take the um, the free money from your employer. If you've got a 401k or 403b, those, those are kind of like building blocks, right? Those are, that's your foundation. Then um, if you've got some money and a lot of people have money in the bank, um, that's not earning any money. Still, the, I don't know that the banks have said, hey, interest rates are up and mortgage rates are up, that we've adjusted, you know, uh, those bank rates. So we've talked about this often on the show, but one of our local newspapers here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota area uh, had a big article about these I-bonds. And Wealth Enhancement Group actually invests in I-bonds, which are um, Treasury Inflation Protection Bonds. And we invest in one of our uh, managed models, and we buy these I-bonds on the secondary market because they're traded out there in big blocks. Well, as an individual, you can buy individual I-bonds yourself. What the government has done, and it's treasurydirect.gov, is you can go into their website, and as individuals, we can open an account with Treasury Direct. Uh, and we can each buy $10,000 worth of these I-bonds. So husband and wife, you can buy 20000 and this is per year. And why would you do that? Why would you go and buy these I-bonds? Because the current interest rate is 9.62% for the following six months after you buy these bonds. And you're what? 9.62%? Because it's based on inflation today. And so in six-month increments, they're going to look at inflation and then quote a new um, rate of return. And why I'm encouraging my clients to go buy these is because after you have them a year, 12 months, uh, you can cash them in. And you could cash it in, but you're going to lose three months of that interest. And if you cash your bond in, you know, really and truly, they're 30-year bonds. If if you never contact them again, they're just going to, every six months, give you a different interest rate. But the good news is, is they're fairly liquid. So with clients that have cash that they're sit- that's sitting in the bank, I'm encouraging them to do that. Is it hard, right? This is what a lot of my clients, because I can't do it for them. They have to get online, fill out the app, do all that, and it's not hard. This website is easy, easy. And uh, they've got even videos, you know, that that you can watch to open them up. So that's my grand tip, Bruce, for the day. What was that website again, Peg, for the uh, I-bonds? It's treasurydirect.gov, G-O-V. You know, and I've always liked inflation-protected bonds as part of a portfolio, but particularly right now. And, And, again, I think most of our listeners understand This year has been a particularly bad year for investors for this reason. It's not uncommon for stocks to go down. About, you know, almost a fourth of the time the stock market moves down. I think it's about 75% or three years out of every four it's up and about one out of every four it's down or something like that. Um, So that's not uncommon. We always say the thing that surprises us about uh, people surprised when the market's down is that they're surprised when the market's down because we know that's going to happen. But here's what doesn't always happen. Usually, the vast majority of the time at least, stocks and bonds have a converse relationship, that if stocks are doing poorly, then bonds are doing well or, or vice versa. 
So far this year, both stocks and bonds have done very, very poorly. So there's, it's tough to find a safe harbor for an investor. And as you mentioned, Peg, even though interest rates have gone up very, very rapidly for borrowers, it has not gone up so, so rapidly for savers. Although I did get an email, can't even make this stuff up. On Friday, I did get an email from one, one of my banking accounts that they raised my rate from, uh, I think it's 0.7 to 0.9. So I'm getting nine-tenths of 1%. So it did go up a little bit, but obviously nowhere near the rate of inflation, nowhere near as fast as they're raising rates for borrowers. It's not, not quite that good for savers. So, um, yeah, so I, I love that you brought up the I-bonds, and, and I agree uh, 100%. Um, anything else you want to leave with the uh, listeners or, sh- or should we get them involved in the show? I think we get them involved. It, it was just the other uh, aha moment um, is just invest in yourself. And, and so I'm, I'm really big on making sure that you're doing something for yourself. And when, when we did the quote of the S&P 500 at 1.7%, 1.47 uh, annual dividend and how much money you'd need to uh, for an equivalent that might be motivating. Absolutely. And again, what you said in the first half of the show, part of how you invest in yourself is find a good advisor to help you. Statistically speaking, we know that people that use an advisor do better than those that don't. All right, Denny, let's get listeners involved. Yes, indeed. There are a couple of ways to do that. Right now you can call or text our studio line 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. Taking a phone call from Mark calling into the show this morning. Uh, Mark, thank you for calling. What is your question for Bruce and Peg? Hi, I've got two quick things. Um, first of all, uh, at the end of the last segment, you were talking about uh, younger people not having very many assets. Their greatest asset is time. Parents and grandparents, talk to your kids and grandkids. Get them investing as soon as they get a job. Um, what I did was I started investing at the matching funds, which the place I was working at was 3%. Every time I got a raise, half of my raise went into my investment. And if you do that, by the time you're 65, I guarantee you'll have a million dollars. Second thing is uh, my wife gets very nervous when the stock market goes down. And I tell her, we are not selling anything. It doesn't hurt us if the stock market goes down. In fact, it helps us because when our dividends are reinvested, they are reinvested when the market is down at that point. So when it goes back up to where it was, we will actually have more money than we did before it went down, even though it's at the same level it was before. So if you play the stock market, if you do your investing with emotions, you're going to lose. When it goes down, you're going to want to sell. When it goes up, you're going to want to buy. And that's just the opposite of what you need to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you, Mark Peg. Mark sounds like he could work for Wealth Enhancement Group. I yeah, mean, it like, sounds like he should be like, an awesome person <laughs> on the show. It's like yeah. hearing us, you know, t- t- coaching us. But but comment yeah. on that because you say that all the time. You talk about kids are you know are rich in, in youth and rich in time. So to his point and and and, uh, and uh, dividends being reinvested. Talk about both of those things because I'm really glad Mark brought them both up. It's really not 
a question as much as it was sage advice. You know, he just hit a chord with me because, Bruce, you know, and we've known each other a long time, that I just feel parents and the school system should be brainwashing our children about the power of compounding. And that's kind of what Mark was talking about. And I do say rich in youth because a lot of young people will look at older people than them and say, wow, I wish I were them. I wish, I wish I had that nice car. I wish I had that nice house or whatever you're loathing after. Um, but technically, these kids or these young people, I should say, are more rich. You know, they have the, the means to be so wealthy by just investing early. So I love what Mark said in that they are rich in time. They just have so much time. And if you just do the um, a calculation where you just take a little bit of money and you keep compounding it, um, there's a simple math drill with any number that's divided into 72 is your rate of return, you know, annualized. So if you have, get a 10% return, it's going to take 7.2 years to double your money. That's always stuck with me uh, in and I love what he said about, because we, we have this too, Mark, where people love to buy when it's, you know, amazingly high. And do we know if it's the highest high? No. But we really encourage people when the market sells off to reinvest dividends or put some money into it. And a lot of worker bees out there that are putting money into their 401k, um, this might have been a year in, that you uh, dollar cost average over the whole year. So if you make a lot of money, you might have your 401k funded in February or March because you said, oh, put 100 percent or now you're all invested. But a year like this, you may want to go into your um, human resources or the online account and say, you know what, I want to stretch out my uh, distributions are my contributions into my 401k on a volatile year like this, Bruce? Yeah, the the thing I I thought of when Mark was uh, uh, making his point about uh, young kids, um, the the last book I wrote, and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember the exact numbers, but we actually gave a really good example of that where we took uh, two kids, to twins, and one starts investing. Uh, in a Roth IRA at age 21, they do it for 10 years, and then the presumption was they're so successful, they make too much money, they can't invest in Roth anymore. But the other twin starts when the first one stops, or 10 years later, but now does it all the way until age, until age 65. So the second one invests a lot more money for a lot more years, but starts 10 years later, they both earn the same rate of return, and the first person that started sooner and invested a lot less has like $800,000 more money. Just an unbelievable, uh, dramatic example. And it's, and it's just simple math, and it's true. So starting as soon as possible with whatever you can is absolutely one of the keys to long-term success. So we thank Mark for that, absolutely. And, and then the other point he made about reinvested dividends, Peg, I think a lot of casual listeners don't understand that whether it's their 401k or their work retirement plan or whatever their stock portfolio is, whatever exposure they have, it's usually probably some sort of funds, 
the companies the, the, in those funds, the stocks, do declare dividends, and usually those dividends aren't taken in cash. They buy more shares of the fund or of the stock. And so Mark's point is exactly right. You're buying shares at 15 to 20% off probably from the high right now, which is a great thing. And like you said, Peg, if you're still working and you're contributing to, to, with every paycheck to that retirement plan, you're buying low right now. Everybody that listens to the show understands buy low and sell high. Understanding it and doing it are two different things. And so participating in that retirement plan and dollar cost averaging in with every paycheck is a really good, efficient, long-term strategy. And, you know, I just agree a thousand percent with everything Mark said. He sounds like he's actually in our industry. But, uh, again, really good stuff. Danny? Yes, we're getting a bunch of text messages. I'm sure you get that every day, too, both you and Peg. Uh, what's the situation? We'll just summarize because you can probably field about three or four text messages. What's the situation on taxing Social Security? Oh, really good question. Um, so for, for Peg, for uh, some people don't know this, but your Social Security benefit at the federal level is almost certainly going to be taxable. There's a calculation that we do. Um, and if your income goes over certain levels, and I don't need to explain it all right now, but then you pay taxes on your Social Security. But then states also potentially can tax your Social Security, depending upon where you live. And this show originates uh, in, in the state of Minnesota, and we're one of those states that have always had our Social Security benefit taxed. I don't know where it's at. I know it has come up in the uh, in the discussions in the legislature that they were going to discontinue taxing our Social Security. Peg, do you know where, the, where that's at? Have they voted on that, or have they agreed, or is that still just a conversation point, or is, has that actually happened? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, I, it's not happened because that would have been a, a huge headlines. It's not happened. They're they're contemplating it because in our state we are one of the highest state income taxes, you know, based on your annual income. And when you're retired, uh, yes, we already get taxed federally on Social Security, but Minnesota is one of those states that taxes, as Bruce said, uh, your Social Security. So uh, it's very painful for retired people to have that, you know, double taxation. And Minnesota, I mean, quite frankly, Minnesotans are leaving. Right. If you're retired, a lot of our clients are moving to Florida, Arizona, Texas, all different places because the tax in Minnesota is high. And it, it bottom line is it saves them um, in certain ways, though, Bruce. I have to be a little bit careful because when you look at these other states like Florida, Texas and Arizona, uh, yeah, they have in some cases zero income tax. But they have to raise revenue. I mean, let's let's not be naive here. They have to raise revenue for all the services that they provide. So there's higher costs in some of these states as far as, you know, maybe car tax or um, property tax. They're they're making it up some way somehow. Bruce. Well, the other thing I couldn't help but laugh to myself: um, Florida, Arizona, and Texas. The weather might have something 
something to <laughs> yeah. do with people moving. It's not, not just a tax uh, thing. But, yeah, so uh, stay tuned on that. But the state of Minnesota, because of the big surplus, they actually have talked about eliminating the tax on your Social Security benefit. Um, and there seemed to be some bipartisan support for that. So I was optimistic, but then I lost track of where they're at in, in the debate or in the discussion. So if we, if we hear that that absolutely becomes law or that changes it, we will talk about it on this show. Danny, we got time for any more? I think we do. Uh, this is related to your earlier conversation. This texter says, do you think investing in an I-bond is a good idea for someone in their 70s? So again, I thanks, Denny. Again, I bonds are inflation protected bonds. Peg talked about that uh, a little bit and how much we like those, particularly right now. Peg, would 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 the age of the investor matter to you with regard to I bonds? Well, as I said in the um, earlier in the show, they've given some a great liquidity options, and provided that you hold it for twelve months. And even if you wanted to leave after that, yes, you'll give up three months of your interest, but they do have a liquidity feature. So I believe that, and I have clients that are in their 70s that are purchasing these. Now, probably the biggest negative is I have to go open up my own account online. I mean, number one. It takes time and you got to read about them. And I highly recommend that you read all the details about these I-bonds. I think their website is tremendous, meaning they're trying to educate us the best they can. And then um, lastly, you know, the minimum. So $10,000 a person with some people, they're like, nah, but come January, you know, 1st of next year, you can go buy another 10 for yourself. The other thing I like about them is you can, and this is like money you have in the bank, like you're not going to invest it anyway, and um, is they have this gifting ability. So if you have grandchildren, they, they, that might be a great thing, you know, for them at this point as, as a gift, Bruce. Yeah, I think I, I actually like I-bonds better for older people. I'd probably like it, you know, less for somebody in their 40s. So, um, Denny, I think uh, clock on the wall says we're almost out of time. Good to be with you again, uh, my friend, as always. Absolutely, and this end as well. We hope you have a, a great week, and we hope, uh, and you as well, Peg, uh, that uh, join us again next week. Let me give you a couple of numbers, because if you think – of a financial question uh, midweek, any time of the day or night, you can always call this number at one eight 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 six advice. Again, that's eight 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 six advice. Of course, you can always email your questions uh, to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But do remember that, and do do join us again next week. But again, twenty four seven, this number is available to you at one eight eight eight. Six advice. And again, the email address for financial questions for the show next week, your money at wealthenhancement.com. We do hope you join us again next week with more of your money.